the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom and welcome to the Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently, we are serving in Wesley Chapel, Tampa, St. Pete, and our newest location, South Bay in Riverview, along with Conexion, our Spanish-speaking congregation in Tampa. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 and 910 WTBN, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Let's pray together. Oh, thank you, Lord, for a beautiful day, a beautiful morning, that we get up and we rejoice in you and we magnify you. Oh, Lord, that other people should know the goodness of the living God. We pray in the name of Yeshua that you would give us the opportunity to speak of your magnificence, your greatness to others, that they would come to know you as well. And Lord, we especially pray today for your Jewish people, that their hearts would be open to the good news of their Messiah. So we bless you, we thank you and honor you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. And amen. Good morning, good morning. We're currently talking, as you know, about sharing with Jewish people. This is the fifth uh, program, and so if you haven't heard the others, please listen to them, because we are moving along here, and today is going to be a great day as we look at answering the objections of Jewish people from the Hebrew Bible. Okay, it's not that we shouldn't use the new covenant, but when we're speaking with Jewish people and we can get the answers from the Hebrew scriptures, why not? Right (laughs) now, uh, you'll either have to take tremendous notes, uh, you will have to memorize or and you can send or email us for the sharing God's word from the Hebrew Bible. It is a wonderful resource that you will want to look at. We'll send you the other things as well that we've been been giving away, but uh, just uh, call us at 813-831-5673. Speak to Karen. Ask her for uh, 
just the things that I'm giving away this past month on sharing with Jewish people. She'll send you the packet, okay? And if you have any questions or if you have some specifics that I've brought up that you have questions about or you want to ask uh, something a little different as you've been speaking with your Jewish friends and, and they ask the question you couldn't answer and I haven't addressed so email me at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. Well, last week we talked about how to approach Jewish people. So as I said, this week we're talking about answering Jewish objections. And how do we answer them? From the Hebrew Scriptures. Let's start with the fact that most Jewish people that you know have never read their own Hebrew Bible. And most of them, and this is going to be a shocker, don't believe it's God's Word. They believe it's a nice book. They believe uh, maybe in some of the stories. But honestly, when it gets down to it, they don't believe that it's God's Word. So the first thing you have to do, obviously, is you ask questions. And if you find out that that's where they're at, that they don't believe in the Scripture— then that's where you have to start. You have to explain why the Scriptures can be trusted, why the Scriptures are the Word of God. In fact, you could say to them, hey, without these Scriptures, you wouldn't be Jewish. (laughs) You have to, you know, enjoy this a little, right? Okay, so let's look at the first question we're going to answer. Is the Scripture accurate? And can we trust it? So for that, we need to look at prophecy. So we'll start out with Isaiah 11, 11 and 12. It says, it will also come about in that day that the Lord will again redeem a second time with his hand the remnant of his people who are from Assyria from Egypt, Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, and from the islands of the sea. And then it says, he will lift up a banner for the nations and assemble the dispersed of Israel and gather the scattered of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Now, this is an amazing scripture. First of all, it was written about 600 years before Yeshua, or 700 years before Yeshua. And it was also written a 100 years before the first time that the Jewish people were dispersed into the Babylon, uh, Babylonian exile. So that means that it was also approximately 2,600 years before Israel became a nation. And yet it is describing so accurately the fact that God will assemble the dispersed of Israel and gather them who were scattered in the four corners of the earth, understanding that this is in the entire world. And that's what happened in 1948. (laughs) Jewish people came to Israel from everywhere in the world. What are the chances of that 
probability being fulfilled? Well, let's look at another one. Micah, in approximately 700 B.C., again, 700 years before Yeshua, the prophet Micah said that Messiah's birthplace would be in Bethlehem. It says, but you, Bethlehem Ephrata, least among the clans of Judah, from you will come out to me one to be ruler in Israel, one whose going forth are from of old, from days of eternity. Now, when it says ruler in Israel, you might think, oh, well, that's a king or that's, a, you know, some person. But then it says whose going forth are from of old, from days of eternity. Do you know any person who comes from days of eternity? It's only God. And if it's somebody who's coming and being born in Bethlehem, it has to be Yeshua. So what's the probability of that one? Well, let's keep going. Let's let's not stop there because it's not one or two scriptures that explain the amazingness of God's word, but it's all through. Any rate, so maybe they'll like this one. Scripture said that our earth was round before Columbus said it. It says in Isaiah 40, 21 and 22, do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundations of the earth? He sits above the circle of the earth. Okay, circle, right? Circle of the earth. That means the earth is round. Okay? And then he says that its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the skies like a curtain, spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Is that amazing that God said the world was round way before, you know, people thought the world was flat, right? So what's the probability of that being in there? Look, if the Jewish person might concede that the Bible is from God, the next objection they'll have is that they believe in one God and we believe in three. But before we get there, let me just give you one other just to think about. I I just think this is fun. Psalm 106, verse 47. Now listen to what this says. It says, Save us, Adonai our God, and gather us from the nations so we may praise your holy name and triumph in your praise. That is a very normal scripture uh, from the book of Psalms. And interesting enough, when you hear these words, you just go right by them. But look what it's saying. It says, gather us from the nations. Wait a minute. We haven't been dispersed yet. <laughs> We have not, we are a nation. Why are we being, we're asked to being gathered from the nations of the world and we're not there yet. (laughs) So this is the kind of thing that God shares with us to give us his proof that his word is his word. 
So, as I mentioned just a moment before, one of the things that is really very, very important in the Jewish mind is you believe in three gods, and I only believe in one. You are going to hear this from Jewish people. Uh, If you don't hear it, I would be shocked. So, let's look at how to answer that objection. Okay? Don't do it out of emotion. Do it from Scripture. In Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. It's funny. Last week, I was listening to um, Dennis Prager's show. And he was talking about this very scripture and saying how he didn't have an answer for it. Uh, And that is, you know, how he always talks about uh, that he wants to have the 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 um, he wants to be honest. Right. So honestly, he needs to think about this a little more. And, And which is so surprising because I have such great respect for him. But if he doesn't understand this. And the normal explanations don't even work for him. What are the normal explanations? The normal explanation is that this is God and the angels. And, of course, the angels are not made in the image of God. This makes zero sense. So that, that is unacceptable. So when it's talking—and he even said to the Christian who called up, he said, well, if— you know, since you're a Christian, this would make a lot of sense, This, the, the fact that this is speaking of Jesus. Well, if it makes sense for him, why doesn't it make sense for Jewish people? Come on now. Okay, but let's continue. So if, if that's an, an unacceptable scripture, we go to the most famous scripture in the Hebrew Bible. It's the one, if there is one scripture in the entire Bible that Jewish people know, because they say it at every service, it's from Deuteronomy 6.4. It is called the Shema, which means to hear or to hear and obey. And it says this. Well, in Hebrew, it says, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. And it's translated, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. And from that, Jewish people say that there's only one God. There is a little problem with that. The Hebrew for the word one is echad, and echad is plural. (laughs) Okay? If they wanted to use singular for the word one, they would have used the word yachid. So we already see in the most famous Jewish scripture there is that there is plurality in the word one. And that should give us some indication. We also see it in Isaiah 6, 8. Then I heard the voice of Adonai saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? You know, you can't use for all of these scriptures that, what is it called, the majestic we or something like that. Uh, It it just doesn't work. 
Plus, the last thing I'll mention about this particular thing is that the word Elohim, which is the word for God in Hebrew, is also plural. Okay, so hopefully that will give you a little something to think about as we continue. Let's look at some other aspects because this whole idea of Messiah and the whole idea of the Son of God kind of weirds out Jewish people. (laughs) That's the best way I can put it. So here it is. uh, You know, we talked about the fact that Messiah would be born in Bethlehem, which is Micah 5, uh, 1 or Micah 5, 2, depending on your translation. And uh, But let's look at some other scriptures. Proverbs 30, verse 4. Who has gone on, I'm sorry, who has gone up into heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in the palm of his hand? Who has wrapped the waters in a cloak? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name and what is the name of his son, if you know? Now, that's in Proverbs. <laughs> so we see right here, this is obviously talking about God, and it's asking about the name of the Son of God. Or I love Psalm 2, verse 7. I will declare the decree of Adonai. He said to me, you are my son today I have become your father. Okay, what is that all about? And further on, it says this in Psalm 2, verse 11 and 12. Serve Adonai, which is God the Father, with fear and rejoicing and trembling. Okay, so that's God. Now, then it says, kiss the son, lest he become angry. And you perish along your way, since his wrath, meaning the son's wrath, may flare up suddenly. Happy is everyone who takes refuge in him, in the son. This is an amazing understanding of the the function of Yeshua, the Messiah. Look, all of you probably know Isaiah 7.14. And, and this blows Jewish people away. Therefore, Adonai himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive. When she is giving birth to a son, she will call his name Emmanuel. God is with us. Now, the interesting thing is there's this whole discussion about uh, Alma versus Betula, the two different possible words for young maiden or virgin. But the bottom line is that it wouldn't be a sign unless it was a virgin. <laughs> and so, uh, because otherwise, every, every, you know, young maidens have babies all the time, don't they? Yes, right. Now, let's look at this next one. This is amazing. A child will receive the names of God, you know? There will be no end to this child's government. He will come from the throne of David. So let's look at this. Isaiah 9, 5, and 6. And by the way, you know why Jewish people might know this verse? 
for Unto Us a Child is Born? Because they know classical music. And Handel wrote a piece called The Messiah. And they're assuming that the whole piece is taken from the New Covenant. Is that incredible? But it's not taken from the New Covenant. It's taken from the book of Isaiah, which is so Jewish. For to us a child is born. A son will be given to us, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called. Okay, now, before I tell you what his name will be called, uh, let me just uh, mention to you that this is in, in the 1917 um, translation, Jewish Publication Society translation, from the Hebrew to the English. This is the 19, This is the, the version that all the Jewish people used for years and years and years until a, a later one came. When it gets to that part of Isaiah 9, 5, and 6, it says his name will be called. Here's what that publication says. Peleoze, El Gibur, Abiad, Sar Shalom. Now, do you recognize the fact that you don't know those words? <laughs> it's Hebrew. Now, why would you translate something, the whole Bible, from Hebrew to English and have four words stay in Hebrew? Well, this is my guess, just my opinion. But the words are wonderful counselor, mighty God, my father of eternity and prince of peace. Wow. A child will have those names? That's unheard of. You can't, that, that's what they would have called blasphemy for a, a baby, a child born, to be called mighty God. That's blasphemy. <laughs> and I guess they thought it was blasphemy because they only put it in Hebrew and they figured anybody reading an English Bible wouldn't understand it anyway. I mean, come on, guys. This is too funny. It right, They wrote Peleose, El Gibor, Abiyad, Sashalom. Instead of wonderful counselor, mighty God, my father of eternity, prince of peace. And then it says, of the increase of his government and shalom, there will be no end. How clear is this to you? Is this amazing? And it says, on the throne of David over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it through justice and righteousness from now until for forevermore. The zeal of Adonai, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, will accomplish this. Now, I've got to say that this is amazing. This is amazing. But before we close today, I've got to give you one more scripture. That's Isaiah 48, 16. Because in here, I believe, and you can study it for this next week. We'll finish this up next week. But uh, in Isaiah 48, 16, this is what it says. Draw near to me. Hear this, since the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it existed, I was there, right? So that must be God. So now, Adonai Elohim has sent me. 
Well, wait a minute. Who's speaking? If God the Father sent me, and he was there from the beginning, and it says, so now God the Father, or the, God, the Lord God, has sent me and his Ruach. Wait a minute. Sent me and his Ruach, and that's what God did? That is the triune nature of God. In the Hebrew Scriptures, we'll talk about this more next week. Listen, you've got to come back. Uh, please make sure that you consider um, calling us at 813-831-5673. Ask Karen for the email that will help you study this with me. This is a tremendous opportunity. Please also send a monthly gift or a pledge to help us stay on air. May you grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. So let's close with prayer. Abba, Father, teach us your ways so that our hearts would be hearts of flesh and not of stone. May our words and actions always reflect the heart of Messiah so that everyone who meets us will know that Yeshua is our Messiah and King. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.